Good evening, everyone. Tonight, welcome to Bible study. Today, Thursday, 11th of May, 2023. We give God all the glory for another beautiful evening again, wherein we come together as the family of God to share together one with another the word of God. As our custom is, we will trust God this night for utterance and um, understanding of the truth of God for the church. And um, we are exploring the, 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 the will of God as revealed to us in the Holy Scriptures. And the purpose of God revealing his will to us is for us to be able to work in this world in the victory and in the understanding of that which God has made provision for us in Christ. Hallelujah. You see, the church is the strongest, the strongest institution, permit me that word, of, of, of God upon the earth. For the church is the body of Christ, and the body of Christ represents all there is to uh, God in the spirit for all the world to see. Yeah, at this time, we have some contentions to, to, to make with the flesh. Um, because our bodies are not yet glorified. And so we still have certain human limitations. But, but with the limitations, we have great power of God. And as we yield ourselves more to the things of God, the limitations of the flesh build us. Amen. And so the more we read the word, study the word, we actually die daily to the flesh, to the flesh, so that we are no more bondage or slaves to sin. Hallelujah. Amen tonight. And so as we explore again today, the word of God we will be strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit in our own spirit that Christ's faith might be established in our hearts and we will represent his glory upon the earth as we ought to. Tonight, I want to welcome everyone to church and um, I believe that you are ready for the word of God um, coming to you by the Spirit tonight. But as we start, I want us to take a time together to pray. I want you to pray this evening. Say, Father, I, I come before your table with an open heart. I want to learn, I want to gain knowledge. Holy Spirit, my teacher, Teach me your words tonight as your servant begins to minister by your spirit. I want to gain divine understanding. 
open my eyes that I may behold wonderful truths in your word, that I may be able to walk in the light of your light and in the light of your word. Make me, O oh God, not a forgetful hearer, but the hearer that does the word. Thank you, O oh God, for tonight I get understanding. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is at work in me, granting me insight into the knowledge of Christ. By faith tonight, the word will dwell in my heart and God's word will mix with faith in my heart and therefore it will produce result that Father God, you want it to produce evil in my life. And so it shall be as we pray by faith together tonight in Jesus' name. And so our Father, we thank you again tonight. We come as your children to taste the sweetness of your word. For your word is sweeter than honey. Give than pure honey. Help us not enjoy the taste, the beauty of that word that enlightens the eyes and the mind, that brings correction, that brings instruction, that brings teaching, that brings reproof, that brings encouragement, that brings comfort, that brings joy, that brings hope, that generates faith in our hearts that we may go forth and live as we ought to live before your presence in love. Thank you, God, tonight for praying with thanksgiving. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Tonight, we turn our Bibles again to the book of Ephesians. You know, as we do that this evening, I want to imagine the Apostle Paul, you know, teaching the disciples in the school of Tyrannus in Acts 19. In Acts 19, there, there was no book of Ephesians to read. And so they were, they were listening to the, to, the, to the book itself in life application. We have the benefit of hindsight to, to come um, and, and, and see what they were taught um, that would apply those things to our lives. Remember, the context of the Ephesian epistle is to the Jews and the Gentiles. Remember, Christianity in the early times was a strictly Jewish, um, um, uh, or was strictly Jewish. It was to the Jews alone. But just as I said, at a point in his ministry, behold, I'm saying to what? The Lordship of Israel, because the message must come first to a people who would then take it to other parts of the world. That's why he said to them in Acts chapter 1, he said, But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then ye shall be my witnesses, having witnessed to you in Judea and Jerusalem and within Israel. But now you will take this message to Samaria and towards the uttermost path 
of the earth. And so the gospel message is not for a set, it's for all. And so and in the early part of the church development, there was this constant conflict between the Jews and the Gentiles. Remember, even the Apostle Paul and Peter had a great time of confrontation in Galatians chapter 2. Peter came to meet them in Antioch, and, and when he saw Paul, he abode with him, and they began to, to teach the people in grace. No wonder Paul said in, in, in St. Galatians chapter, chapter 2, verse, 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 verse 8, 9, and 10, he said, the same God that was mighty in him to the apostleship of the Gentiles was also mighty in Peter to the apostleship of what? Of the Jews. So there's the, the conflict between the Jews and the Gentiles. And ultimately, this will be resolved when Christ comes back again. And so Paul was writing to, to, to correct, to address, and to reveal to them a greater enemy. The, the Jews saw the Gentiles as enemies. The Gentiles saw the Jews as enemies because they believed that the Jews doesn't, don't want them to partake in, in, the, in the grace of God. And, and, and the Jews also believe that the Gentiles will come to pollute that which is sacred and holy. That's the reason when, when Satan came from James in Jerusalem to Antioch, Bible says, and Peter withdrew from the Gentiles and, and pretended, you see, pretended as though he has not mingled with them because of those who are here in Jerusalem. James, you know, sent for one check them. And Paul was very angry at Peter. And even Barnabas, Apostle Barnabas, was also carried away by the deception and the hypocrisy of Peter. So to show you how, how, how tense this was, it, it even caused certain issues between the apostles. And so Paul began to write to correct some things. And remember, he wrote to them so they know that they have a common enemy, amen. And the enemy is not the Gentile believer or the, the, the Jewish believer. No, no. That not only should see themselves as enemies, but as one in Christ that they will face their common enemy, which is what? Who, who is who? Satan and his demons who don't want the word of God to spread, who don't want love in the church, who don't want the truth to be revealed, who don't want the word of God and just give them to materialize and this message spread in truth without it being tainted. So the, the focus of the apostle is to engender understanding and unity uh, among the brethren, just like we also are reading with hindsight and we are and we are inculcating in ourselves the love of God, the truth of God, the unity of God. Because you see these things happen as we go on in this in this study. In fact, in Ephesians 4, talk with me that tonight if you can tonight, Ephesians 4, to, to, to show you that Paul was was preaching unity. So they have common front against the common enemies. So what is it? Ephesians 4 from verse 1. I beseech Therefore, I beseech, therefore, okay, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. Imagine at this point, he's still beseeching them. I beseech you that you what? You are worthy. Who are the he? All the church, both the Gentiles and the Jews. 
How do I know it's better than them? If you look at chapter 2, verse from verse 1, you see it, from, from verse 11, you see exactly that. But let's go on. It says, with all holiness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another with what? In love. See verse 4. It says, no, 3. Endeavoring to keep what? The unity of the, of the spirit in the bond of peace. Because once there's no peace and unity in the house, Satan will creep in while men sleep. So the, the, what keeps us from sleeping is when we continually get awake by walking in love. So what keeps us awake as a church? Love. Our love work is what keeps us awake. So that the enemy will not come on. And so the moment there's hatred, we open the door. That's the reason none of us should give room. Now, it's in our power. That's why he's telling them, I beseech you. In fact, if you read, um, 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 I think it's, I think it's in Philippians or Colossians, he says, he says, help me appeal to these two ladies, Cynthia and, and Cynthia, that they, that, they, that, they, that they come together and, 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 and stop quarreling. That means there were two women in the church that, that were one, and they, are, they were probably women in the church. Paul says, please help their people then that they stop one fighting. For once the door of hatred of strife is open, Satan sneaks in. Ephesians 4 7 says, and give no room to Satan. Why? He is looking for room. Now, you see, all these things is pointing to one fact that Satan is where? At the corner. Now, as we move on this evening, so, so it will make some sense. Let me show you something. The book of Ephesians is broken into three parts. Introduction, body, and what? Conclusion. Now, the conclusion is actually where he is going to. But he will build up his thought to the conclusion. So let you know what the Apostle Paul is, is aiming at in this epistle, you will find it in the conclusion. Now, the introduction of Ephesians is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The body of Ephesians is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to Ephesians 6, verse 9. Now, the conclusion is Ephesians 6, that this is where Paul actually was going to. He was warning them that, hey, guys, pull together. Don't allow anything separate you. Have common front. Have one goal in Christ. Let Christ be what? The center. Let it be the, let, let it be the reason you serve so that no one offends you and makes you become an offender in service. Because every service rendered in offense or hypocrisy is wasted. That's why every man's work shall be tried of fire. Of what, of what sort, of what motive? Paul says to Timothy in 2 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse, verse 10. He says, Oh, Timothy, you have known my, 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 my way of life. You've known my faith. If I turn the to that, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Because this is key to our work with God. 2 Timothy 3, verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. As my teaching, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long suffering, my love, and my patience. You see that? You have known my manner of life, you have known my purpose, you have known my motive. 
So the motive of your ministry is important to the acceptance of it in God. He says, if the, if the first be a willing heart, then this offering is what? Accepted. That means the offering would not be accepted if your heart is not what? Willing and joyful to give. So God looks at the heart and your motive. That's the reason you must not minister in hypocrisy. You mustn't harbor any hatred. That's why I said, if your brother offends you and you bring the gift to the altar, drop the gift because that gift at that time is what? It's useless. When somebody has all against you or you have all against someone, he says, go and reconcile with that brother of yours and then come back and make the word your offering or your sacrifice. Else, if you do it, wasted. Wow. So Paul is saying, this is the the, the danger of not, of not understanding the love of Christ, that world that Christ has broken down. You are still trying to re-erect the world when the world's world is broken down. So every one of your brother is your brother and sister world indeed. Therefore, we must love one another with unflinching, unfailing love. So the, the, the conclusion of the, the epistle is actually the main cross of the letter. Now, come with me to see the conclusion. Ephesians 6 from verse 10. Now, see what it says. Finally, that means this is where I'm going. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. This, this way, he's telling us, he said, folks, Satan is, is locking at the corner. Peter said, he says, he says, be sober. First of all, one verse five verse seven. Be sober and be what vigilant. For what Satan, your adversary, the devil is what is roaming about like a roaring lion swimming about. But resist him. Don't sound like this. It sounds like what Paul is saying in from verse from, from verse ten here. But resist him steadfast in what in faith. So he's telling us that 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 that, 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 that don't focus on the wrong enemy. For your brother and your sister in Christ is not. But now, in focusing on the enemy, there's something else great that you must know that you're bringing to the warfare. And that's what he explained in the body of the letter. And that's why these teachings are critical to your surviving the end times and waging a successful Christian life. Is it making sense tonight? Now I'm trying to build up so we can go in again this evening to Ephesians. And that's where we read from, from, from verse 1, where we began, Paul telling us the blessing that we have in Christ. And, and, and in any case, if you, maybe I go there, if you, if you now begin to read the epistle of, of Paul in Ephesians, you start seeing things like in Christ, by Christ, through Christ, from Christ, through whom, by him, for him. Why? Because eventually you are going to wage this warfare through Christ. Amen. That's where it's going to. So it wants you to understand where you are now in Christ's positioning. So you can know how to launch the missile when the time arrives. 
Someone said, man, tonight. Now, this is just like, like, like in a physical setting, a young infantry soldier or a young artillery officer being shown the armory or the armament that they have in the armor depot before the war actually starts. Now, imagine um, two towns are fighting and one, one young um, artillery officer who has seen the weapons of the enemy now comes back home and is threatening that all oh, we are done for. These guys, they have AK-47s. They have spare bows and arrows, but we don't have anything. How do we face this war? It sounds like the story of Israelites in the old time. But now, somebody begins to take him through the weapons they have. And then suddenly he realized they have RPGs. They have drones. They have, they have, they have, they have, they have, they have F-15s. Wow. They have cruise missiles. In fact, they have warships and they have submarines. How would that person feel? He will feel this battle is what is done, won, and dusted. But before he realized the armament they have, he's been worried, he's been afraid of Satan, of the enemy. But now, but based on the knowledge he now has, his understanding changed, his confidence is what is revived. And then he's asking, where will the battle commence? Even tonight. And this is what Paul is, is showing them before he tells them, yeah, this is the main thing that I'm writing about. So we see Paul starting by saying to us, we are, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. So we say, I am blessed with all. Amen. Let us sing in your heart. Say, I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, he's asking the word, in, in, that means he's telling you where you are in right now. Now, for instance, where are you right now? Maybe you're in your house, you're in your car, you're in your compound, or you're at work, you're working. That's where you are in. Now, as believers, where are we now? Haven't been born again. Where are we? We are in Christ. It's a present reality. You know, I heard a man of God some years ago was preaching. And I believe that statement he made because he's scripture. It was, it was that um, an event happened and um, I don't know how I put it, but Satan came to attack him. But Satan saw him in the blood of Jesus, like he was in the mighty ocean, surrounded by blood. He, of course, that is true. Every believer is, is immersed in the blood, immersed in the power of Christ, immersed in the grace of God, surrounded by angels, being backed up. Bible says, it says, for he will give his angels charge over you, lest you dash your feet against the stone. Proverbs to the eight says, in your pathway is life, there is no death nor destruction. He said, I will not die, but I will live to declare God's glory in the land of the living. This is the promise of God, and it's our current reality. So we say, I'm in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Is that making sense now? Why will Paul tell them this? Because there's something 
He is so revealed to them that he is hard because he's in prison and he needed them to what to pull together for the onslaught ahead of them. Is it making sense now? Hallelujah. So we see the blessings. No one that God began to pray here that the eyes of what their understanding will become enlightened by the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So that they start seeing in the, in the way God wants them to see. Tonight I pray for someone. You start seeing where God wants to see. In the name of Jesus Christ. And they began to reveal to us how God raised him from the dead. That is, he, he, the, 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 you see, at this time, everything still hard. His greatest report is death. That's the greatest threat. The highest threat of Satan is death. But guess what? He couldn't stop Jesus from resurrecting from the dead. All the demons, all the angels, all of them included, could not. And when the time fully came, God raised him up. And God exalted him. And God gave him all authority over all powers, over all dominions, over all might, and put all things under his feet and gave him to be head of his even to the church. Why is he saying this? There's a battle. He's referring to us, our army, from where we are launching from. Amen tonight. Someone hear me? Have you ever seen a, a warship before? Where F 16s take off and land from on the ocean. Any country that is not afraid of nations that have worship, they are playing with their lives. Amen tonight. So it's revealing to us where we are so that we are no more afraid of Satan, no more afraid of deliverance. You see, the reason many folks are afraid of deliverance or praying for anything in the spirit is that the, all they hear is that. There will be repercussion. You know, I told you the story of, of a pastor that I went to, to, to land to pray over some, some years ago. And he said to me, Let's buy oil. We bought oil and went. I was following him as we prayed. He said, Because the oil, so that, that, that those demons that are holding the land from me, be so, will, will, will attack. That they don't take things like this lying low. So if you know they will attack, not lying low. And, 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 and unfortunately for that day, when we're coming back from the site, it's time for to go. He said, I said it. <laughs> it was going well, and he didn't turn well. There was a sharp edge by the nozzle, you know, this, this, um, this platform that, that, the, that the, the pump is, is, uh, is built on. You know, it's, it's always a flat surface. So the edge of the surface, in turning, he has, he has turned too much. So the edge of the of that platform was pointed in concrete, and so the tire burst. And he said, he said it, but that way, and but a long way, tire no no back, we could buy me. Wow, what 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 a belief system! I was there within that day, and I think Patricia was being also. I can't remember. So he said that thank God that is tire that is not in me. That we have, we have won the victory, that they showed back, but they didn't hit us back to send that. I, I was amazed. 
How, how, how a provincial pastor could believe that? The reason is lack of sound teaching. And this is what Paul is telling them here. Hey, folks, you are in Christ. Your life is hid in Christ and Christ is God. He says, for in him we live and move and have our being. For Satan to hit at us, he must first hit at the Lord. But the Lord will warn us not to go to the territory of Satan or to hold these things or to anything that belongs to him. So he has no legal grounds to hit at attack. As long as we are in him, we are shielded. That's why he kept saying in him. So don't walk out of him. So in him. By him, through him. So you can see that. So now, where you are now as a believer, you are in Christ. Say I'm in Christ. Now, as a believer, that's my current position. As Christ has risen, I am risen. As Christ is seated, I am also seated in victory of God. So I say, amen. And then we see, you know, read again. Paul, now, now you, you're wondering, why is he telling us from, 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 verse, from verse 31? And he's seated, or from verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, what it says, Far above. Now, if you go to the last verse, it's not about we are not fighting these same powers which were actually far above. So, we're not fighting from a place of defeat or a place of, of victory. All we need to do is to put up our armaments in the spirit. So, part of the armament is the knowledge of where we are standing. Is it making sense now? That's why you can go forth. And minister to the sick by the spirit. You can you can minister to the oppressed by the spirit. Hallelujah. You can do all that God says you can do by the spirit. Possible, I can do all things. That's the reason he's writing these things from what he has experienced in God in this new reality. It's just one. It's, 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 it's far above all principalities, all the rulers, all the chiefs, all the powers, all the dominion, all the might, and guess what? Everything. So he's telling us that there is nothing excluded from the authority of Christ, which we actually live in now. Not even names in this world, not the world to come. And this is the, the thrust. So Paul is prepping us for true ministry. He's conditioning our heart, revealing to us the mind of God so that we can, we can go forth with this mind, go in the strength of the mind of the bread for 40 days, like Elijah. So Elijah ran to the man of God in Horeb. Sometimes the reason believers don't do much because they're not well taught, we're not well grounded, we're afraid, we don't know what we carry, we don't know what we have in our mind, we don't know what we have in our mind, we don't know what that. They said, said, Jesus, should we call down fire on this one? They said, no, you can't call down fire. Don't you know the manner of strength which you have? That spirit is not for destruction, it's for life, it's only to destroy evil spirits and lock them up in dry places until the time of the judgment is come. Our authority is not to destroy human beings or kill them by fire or destroy them. No, it's to bring them to salvation and lead God, who is the God of vengeance, to avenge if any man hurts you and kill you or hurts you and, 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 and attacks you. 
So, Paul is building up this story. And wants us to know by the Spirit of God. And today, let's make progress in the light of this knowledge of the, of the main thrust of the, of, 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 the, of, the, of the subject matter. So as we read through, let's have the end in mind and see what God is saying to us here. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1. Amen. Paul is showing to us again another dimension of the things we ought to know. Having revealed to us who we are and where we stand now in Christ as a result of the redemptive grace of God. If any man be in Christ, see that word again, be in Christ. 2 Corinthians verse 17. If any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, if any woman be in Christ, if any youth, boy, girl, anyone be in Christ, it's a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things are passed with God. All things have become new. Amen. Hallelujah. If any man be in Christ, amen. So let's say, I am in Christ by virtue of a redemptive grace of God. Therefore, all things, all fear, all resentment, you see, all phobias are passed away. Behold, everything now is new, new in faith, new in love, new in confidence, new in boldness, new in the truth of God. Hallelujah. New in the victory of Jesus. What they meant tonight. Hallelujah. That's who we are. We can't change it. We can't deny it. We must come to this reality and begin to walk in because we need to come to this point in this end time that the glory of God might spread on the earth through the teaching of the gospel of Christ. That's who we are. Ephesians 2, verse 1. Why will he say this? Remember, he was speaking to Jews who were thinking of themselves more important than the Gentiles. Because at this time, you see, context is very important for understanding. That's why in church, nobody thinks his own anointing is superior to others. Ah, my own gift. In fact, Paul said, don't you know that the, 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 the most comely part, in fact, the most popular speakers is the one that we honor the most. So that area that is more covered. You will think that it's a head. No, no, not the head. It is, it is, it is that secret part that is most severe. That means no part is useless in the body of Christ. No position is superior. God sets men in hierarchy for one purpose. If all we come together, they all make one profit. He said, for we all be, 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 be matured and edified by which every joint supplies. Ephesians 4, verse 10, 16. So if every joint supplies, the body is edified. No gift of the spirit is superior to Now, some say, ah, my gift is showing mercy or, or just or, or, or ordinary exhortation. You know, I had someone say some time ago, he was describing me. And unfortunately, he's just a, a let me describe him. Nah, because he must doesn't really know much. He's just, he's just an exhorter. Praise God for exhortation. For he that is faithful in exhortation will be faithful in the prophetic, will be faithful in healing, and the mighty acts of miracles. 
I'm not ashamed of being an exalter. I'm not ashamed of being, of being, of being a helper. For indeed I have helped. Indeed I have encouraged, I have covered, I have exalted. But a man who is faithful in little is also faithful in much. Let no man despise your giftings. Let no one speak of you and, 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 and make you feel that that which you carry is of an inferior quality. Folks, there is no gift of the Holy Ghost that is of, 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 of an inferior value. Therefore, in your area of calling, give your maximum to it. Amen tonight. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1. Paul going on, he says, and you in the King James, that word has he is italicized. It means it's not there in the original. But the, the, the translators put that to make English sense, which, which, which actually does not take away from the original and intentional meanings. All right, so let's go on. He says, and you had he quickened not the word, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Put up. It means every one of you that is thinking of himself more highly, where you were all once dead. And after you are set and done on this earth, you all still die. You see that? So there's no room for what? For pride. Romans 12 and verse 3. It says, upon the grace of God given to me, to every one of you, let one of you think of himself more highly than the odds. You are in the choir? Submit yourself to the ordinance. Ah, don't say, we've been singing before you got born again. Please do that. Amen. Ah, we, we've known the courts before you came. Learn, learn new courts. Refrain from staying in old courts. There's a old courts, then there are new ones now you can get. Things, things, we, 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 we condescend to listen to everyone. There's no place for, for pride. There's no place for arrogance. There's no place for manipulation. There's no place to sit on people and make men worship you. That's what that always is that he wants men to be always honor. And that's what, what the Antichrist will be Any act of manipulation and witchcraft is an act of an Antichrist. Christ said, you are struggling to lead the people like the world. But in the kingdom, I will show you a new principle. You have learned in the world principle that the way to lead in the world is to subjugate men by every means, by the 40 laws of power. You can miss how many pastors read those kind of books. How many ministers read all such books. How many clergy read those books in secret. To learn how to manipulate, to learn how to speak, to learn how to how to speak people and captivate them. When Paul says, "When I came to you, I did it in witness and in fear and in trembling, and my preacher, my teacher, were not, were not, were not, with what the enticing words of man's wisdom, but what in what the demonstration of the spirit and of power that the will of men would not rest in man's wisdom, but rest in the power of God." Twelve principles of captivating the audience. So those times you see them, oh, 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 it's something they blend. That is a science you make that makes them calculated. Whereas in the kingdom, preach the word. Paul said, preach the word 
be inside in season and out of season. That's all you are called to do. Don't follow worldly ways. For if you do that, you are opening up yourself to Satan to influence women tonight. He says, and ye, telling the Jews, you were dead. You think you are alive, but you were dead. You, you, you see, when we realize how dead we are, we now know that actually we don't deserve this grace. That means we live in tents. Everyone in this place is having equal value. See, every believer before God has equal value. Peter said, we have what? Like precious faith with the saints. Peter said, we have like precious faith with the same. So everyone who stands to preach is just a privilege of position, not a privilege of heritage. The heritage is for all, but the position is for the leading of the heritage to the promised land of God. So let, let the one who has that position think it's a right, and by it, I will lord it over all. Chapter number 20. Well, I don't know why I'm saying this tonight. I'm not sure it's Italian. Okay, it's Italian because it's already teaching. So it's Italian. Acts 20. Acts 20. And that's why you, as a leader of a group, never talk down on your people. Don't, don't allocate yourself powers that you don't have. Don't call an elder person, come here, sit down. Why are you late? No, you entreat them. He says, speak to the older ones as what? As fathers, and the younger ones as what? As sisters, and the older ones as mommies. So if you have anyone other than you in the church, and you are the leader of the group, you respect them. Even as you lead, that is the will of God. You don't speak to people who are married as well as singles, no. You honor that marriage in their lives, and you speak to them with respect, even when you are chastising them. It says, don't bring an accusation against an elder by one person. It means there's a procedure in the church for how to deal with elders and younger ones. And as we lead, because some of you will be leaders, so, so it's not in this thing. So I say, in the kingdom, we, we lead as servants, but in the world, they lead as autocrats. That mustn't be mentioned amongst us. Acts 20. Let's read from verse 28. The Lord says to the church, leaders and will be leaders, even as parents at home, take ye therefore unto yourselves and unto the flock, unto the church, unto God's children. Go on. Over which the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. You see, you as the husband, the Holy Ghost made you the head. You are not a lord. You are not the king. You are not. You are not an emperor. You are. You are. You have a spiritual responsibility to lead and report to the Holy Ghost about the things He has given you as a father, as a pastor, as a unit leader. You are accountable to God eventually, ultimately. And He will ask you. Let's go on. To feed the, the church of God, which he had purchased with his own blood. Watch this. For I know that 
I know this, after my departing, shall grievous wolf enter among you, not for the flock, and also of your own selves, shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away. And, 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 and if you read on, read on, you find Paul is saying, we don't constrain men, we lead them with humility. We don't love over them, but we serve with love. So I mustn't get to a point in my life where people are afraid to approach me. Where it's only a few that can. The moment I get there, I've lost it. Nobody was afraid to come to Jesus. In fact, the disciples were following the rules of the Pharisees. No child comes close because they will defile the world. They will defile the straw. He says, don't in that little coming to me. Let them come. For such is the kingdom. Jesus upturned every ruler, every, every tradition of the Jews and showed us a pattern. In fact, he took away his son and began to wash their feet, showing them that this is how to live by actually serving in love. Peter said, Lord, you are God. You can't wash me. Because he, you know he, he was the one that got to do to that this is the Messiah. And so, by that knowledge, he said, no, I have heard, I have known this. You can't wash me. He said, Peter, if I don't wash you, you have no part in me. That means if you don't allow my love to work in you, then you have no part in me. For how do we know that you have crossed from death to life when you love the very Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead. Our time is almost up this evening. But we'll be from here. Now, let's examine this word very tonight. And you, Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you had it quickened, who were dead in sins and what? Trespasses. So we're picking from the dead. But this kind of death is a result of sin. Amen. And trespass. Now, I will come to a point where I want to explain the three kinds of death. But I will trust God to explain that as we make progress. Because we will come to verse 5, even when we were dead. So I explain that when we go on. First thing we must do, everyone is dead. It means every working human being on earth without Christ is dead. He can't receive God. Because dead men don't respond. The reason you responded to God in salvation is because he worked on you. Hear what he said. And you have he quickened. So he, there's a touch, there's a quickening factor in God that leads men to be aware of him. How can I explain the same word in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1? He says, For the gospel was preached to them and to us, but the gospel did not profit them, being not mixed with faith. Then, where did they get faith from? It's from God. God gives faith. Ephesians 2, verse 8, For by grace are ye saved. Through faith, and it is not of yourself, is what 
the gift of God. So God gives the gift of faith for us to walk resurrected in the spirit to be alive unto redemption. Amen tonight. So sometimes don't blame the friend of yours who is not responding. He's dead. He can't see what you see. And that's the that's the 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 the, the, the thing that should bring God to the place of what of prayer. That the light of this gospel will shine in the darkness of men who, who are not able to see. But the God of this world and actually kill them by sin. That's why we need to pray to the Lord of harvest to open the eyes of the lost. So never you think of yourself as, you know, be prideful that you are born again. No, 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 no. When you understand this, it makes you to be thankful to God who has touched you with the power of his word, resurrection. So everyone is dead. He says, and you have he quickened made alive. We're dead. So before you were made alive, you were once dead. You had no hope. I had no hope. But in his mercy, he decided to choose us. He said to them in, in John 10, 34, he said, For you did not choose me, I chose you. Amen. I chose you to resurrect you. I chose you. You couldn't receive by yourself. I came to you, for he came to his own. His own received him not. John 1 14. For as many as received him, he gave them power. He came. And when he comes, he gives power to receive him. So one thing we must all know as believers, no one can come to Christ except God draws the person. That is an established doctrine of scripture. And that's what we need to pray to the Father. Lord, open their eyes that they may see and understand the mystery of the gospel of Christ. Now let's go on. They were dead in what? So what is the cause of the death? Trespass and sin. That means everyone who trespasses and sin is dead. Anyone who lives in sin is dead. And guess what? Romans 23, for I've seen and come short of the glory of God. So all now that was what it says. That's why you use scripture to the word scripture. It says, For there is none righteous, no one. Their hearts are far away from God. And we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Everyone to his own way. See, folks, everyone. But in this end time, God is drawing men, calling men by his grace. His grace has been given. The spirit of God is on earth now, convicting the world, talking to the hand. But guess what? How will he do that? By the gospel. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to how many men? All men. How is he appearing? By the gospel. What's our own task to do? Preach the gospel and keep the gospel until their eyes are open. But what is the factor that caused the death? Sin. Now, I want to break down this evening in the next few minutes a few thoughts from close. There are some languages that Bible used to describe sin. The first one we see is what? Trespass. 
trespass and sin. We find also in scripture the word transgression and iniquity, all describing sin. So trespass, transgression, iniquity are all and trespass. What brought about the death? Sin. And who was dead? You and I. And everyone born to the world today. But thanks be to God, there's a way of redemption in Christ Jesus. And Paul is in the church in Ephesus. Prepare yourself to understand that you'll be redeemed by the same blood. Therefore, whatever Christ has pulled down, let it be pulled down. Because there's a common enemy, the church has to defeat in this end time and in this world. That may live victorious lives. And the life of Christ may be manifest in our world. This understanding, this clarity is germane as we advance in the things of God upon the earth. I believe this is clear tonight to an extent where we can call it um, an end of this teaching. And then I believe that you've learned something again this evening. Please, everything you've learned, put it to heart. Apply it to heart and put it to you. And grace His word in our lives. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you tonight again. Thank you for your lovely word. Thank you for this time of divine exposition and truth. We praise you for that which you have done for us in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for we have the victory that Satan cannot win, that you will win ultimately. He cannot get the victory. For Lord, you have the victory. And Lord, your victory is our victory. And based on this victory, you gave us your commandment to go to the world and preach the gospel and live this life. I pray, oh God, that everyone on the sound of my voice tonight will understand this word and rise up in victory and know that they are now in Christ. They are saved in him, saved by the blood, saved through him, saved by him in who have redemption. Our current position now is not of this earth, but of the spirit and where we are now living in Christ and by the power of Christ. Therefore, Lord, let us pray that everyone will come to this understanding and live a life of victory and be able to communicate this truth to everyone that ask it and wish to know what power resides and dwells in us. Let's let them go tonight for prayer with thanksgiving. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody showed me. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Praise God. Thank God for the class tonight. Um, we'll continue by God's grace next Tuesday. Please don't miss it again because it's a great time of, of depth in God's word. And I believe that we'll learn more and more, more and more. And we'll become more and more mature in the things of God. That we may live a life in tandem, a life worthy of this call and fulfilling God's will for our lives in these end times. In Jesus' name. Folks, be strong and the power of his might. You have the victory. So I have the victory for Christ is my victory. I have the victory for Christ has won the victory. I have the authority for Christ giving the authority. And therefore, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Amen. Good afternoon. God bless you all. Amen.